Hello brothers and sisters, this is the Remnant Warrior, and you are now listening to Buy Their Fruits on the Kingdom Productions Network. Buy their fruits, you shall know them. Buy, 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 buy their fruits. 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 You shall know them. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of By Their Fruits. I am your special guest host, the Remnant Warrior, along with, uh, I guess I would be his co-host, uh, John Brisson. And tonight we have an excellent show for you guys, and I'm going to... I'm going to turn it over to my brother, John, to let him tell you guys all about tonight's episode. Yeah. um, First of all, we want to give a shout out to uh, Jeremy Stone, who uh, could not uh, make it uh, with us. It was supposed to be all three of us this evening in interviewing our guests. So uh, most people uh, are well aware of what's going on with uh, Jeremy and his family. Uh, so please very much keep them in your prayers right now um, as they're Absolutely. going through it. Um, so definitely, you know, um, keep them uh, in your prayers uh, as well. And if anybody can um, help them to possibly yeah. raise some money um, as well. Um, Before we start, you mind if we say a quick prayer for them? No, not at all. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before your throne of grace now, and I ask, Lord, that you would please work in the lives of the Stone family. I know that there's a reason for the things that you've allowed them to go through. The past year or so, even longer. I don't know what it is, Lord, but I know that you do, and I know you know what you're doing, and I know whatever the reason is that it is going to glorify your name. I pray that you would strengthen my brother and my sister to be able to get through this time. Lord, we all come together in agreement and stand in the gap for them spiritually to lift them up before you and when we can financially. Lord, I thank you for all the people who did give to help them. And I pray that you would just work in their lives, help them get where they need to be as soon as possible according to your will father i ask all these things in the mighty name of jesus christ our king amen um so tonight's guests we have a very uh dear friend of mine an excellent researcher fellow brother in christ wayne mccroy 
um, from Alchemical Tech uh, Revolution. Um, I own all of of Wayne's books. I've read all of them. I've interviewed Wayne um, on his excellent writings that he has done as well, exposing transhumanism, exposing the pandemic, exposing artificial intelligence, exposing the autism epidemic. Um, so, um, you know, it's very, um, it's a pleasure, it's an honor to have you on uh, By Their Fruits, Wayne. Uh, if anybody in the listening audience uh, um, has does not know of your work, they should. Um, and, you know, um, one of the main things that you do, which I appreciate, is very similar to my uh, form of apologetics, which I believe that um, hopefully not try to put words in God's mouth, I would never try to do so, that he has called me to do, which is to preach to uh, former occult members and practices of the, practicers of the New Age, uh, which I myself uh, once was. Um, and a lot of what you do within your own work is reading uh, these occult works and give a biblical counterpoint and narrative, uh, you know, to those occult works, which any Christian who um, is on the meat, not necessarily, you know, baby Christians that are just now become born again are on the milk, you know, maybe they should stick to reading the Bible, obviously, first and stick to um, building their relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ first. Um, but, you know, for other people who, you know, have the full spiritual armor of God on um, and have a, you know, a, a, a good end understanding uh, of the Bible, um, and walk with the Lord, um, you know, is, is, is we should verse ourselves in the writings of the enemy uh, so that we can understand their polemics and how it's um, being um, woven through uh, society, as Alice Bailey mentioned, externalization of the hierarchy, uh, that they would infiltrate the church with the theosophists have very much done so uh, oh, over uh, the past 80-ish um, uh, to 100 years. Um, and so, you know, I appreciate uh, what you do for the body of Christ and what you do for God um, as far as, you know, reading these works, but explaining to New Agers and occultish, and even people who are not fellow Christians, um, you know, what they are saying through these esoteric and occult texts, but really, you know, what do they mean? And really, how does that, um, sometimes it does, uh, rarely line up with truth or line up with God's word, but most of the time it doesn't. They bent it and manipulate it through eisegesis to try to get whatever they need from it um, and actually throw away what's really taught in the Bible aside, right? Um, so I guess one thing I wanted to, to, to ask you first off um, is, do you see through your knowledge of Alice Bailey and the theosophists and how it's molding into transhumanism, do you see how when Bailey wrote about 2025, the externalization of the hierarchy, when she automatic wrote from demons, uh, would be unveiled to the world? Uh, do you think that could be possible? Do you think that could happen uh, within the next year uh, that finally, you know, um, the B system, uh, you know, will be less of a hazy picture and more of actually coming to fruition on, you know, the television screen? Well, thanks again for having me on. It's a pleasure, gentlemen, to be here for the first time on this podcast. I, I 
am humbled by your introduction, John. It truly is an honor to be here. And uh, I do appreciate John very much. He is a dear friend and a good fellow warrior in Christ. So that being said, um, yes, I, I foresee um, what we're looking at in society right now. We're seeing all the pieces fall in place. I think they're behind schedule on the timetable they would like to achieve this with. But they're certainly trying to align the pieces. And I think they're getting more pushback than what was anticipated originally here. But we do see this stuff coming to fruition in society around us. So that being said, we need to be weary of it because I totally see transhumanism as the gateway for the Antichrist to step into this reality. And he's been working hard to get here. That being the case, I mean, can we identify what Antichrist is? Because Antichrist has a very broad meaning. Uh, what I would consider Antichrist is alternative Christ. It's an alternative Christ. That's kind of, you know, the, the direction we come from. We're not necessarily looking for, uh, say, you know, something demonic stepping out and saying, blah, blah, you know, I, you know, with horns and stuff like that, like is pictured, most people would picture as the Antichrist being or like an actual person or personage with uh, this cult of personality stepping out and doing all these things described in the Bible exactly in the way that it's presented there. I think it's going to be a little bit more subtle than that. And I think the artificial intelligence ties into it. And I suspect transhumanism ties into it as well. So uh, that being the case, we're not sure what we're looking at. And <laughs> that's the whole problem. What we're given in the book of Revelation is a lot of symbolism too. Uh, so when you, you see the symbolism and you understand what's being conveyed there, then you can know that we're not going to exactly recognize it right out of the gate. Now, we might recognize the spirit behind it. Yeah. But the problem is these, these people are very subtle in their workings and these demonic uh, attachments and entities that are trying to manifest here are subtle in their working. And they need a willing occupant to be in in order to manifest in the way that it needs to, to come to fruition here. And I see the state of technology and the whole push towards transhumanism and this attachment of mankind to technology as being that gateway through which that this can be achieved. So I will always caution people, let's be mindful of the tech. We need to actually like maybe take some precautions moving forward with the state of technology, because this is certainly, certainly, certainly being used as a gateway for demonic type energies to present themselves into our reality and to manipulate people. We've seen this and the whole ultimate goal here is to have the ability to transfer information at the speed of thought. They're working on this. This is called the internet of thoughts. It's a subsystem of the internet of things. It's been talked about for a long time and it gets down to actually them being able to uh, subtly get technology into your physical body and into your physical brain to attach your neocortex to the web, the greater web. And I think a lot of this plays into the whole deception of Antichrist. Think about that. Now, if they have a direct line to your brain, that gives them a direct line to your perception. So the doors of perception, and that's a book I'm sure John's familiar with, the doors of perception there are in the control 
of this system, this beast system, and it is a system, make no mistake about it. And we see if with this beast system, if it can control your perceptions, it could make you believe whatever it wants. So whatever deception runs rampant that it could program into your mind and mold into your mind, that gives it a type of power that we can't really comprehend. And this is something I think we've been warned about within the book of Revelation and in the Bible itself. This actually fills the bill for a lot of things that many of the scholars have been stumped with for a long, long time. And we're sitting at the precipice of this age of technology here where these things can begin to manifest in a, a truly astounding way. And we can actually be molded into this, this mode of following this beast system or being engrafted into it. Because think about this, the next big push is central bank digital currencies. That's what they're working on right now. What does that entail? Well, it's digital currency. It's, it's something that's non-existent. Okay, it's, it's not an actual physical thing you can touch and manipulate and exchange with people. It's an electronic ghost in the machine, essentially. Mm -hmm. So you have this central bank digital currency. And the big push with this is they want it to be programmable. So if you have programmable digital currency, what can happen then is they could tell you, first of all, what you can spend it on, what you cannot spend it on how long you have to use it, and they can make it disappear at will. So whoever's controlling this system can have ultimate type of control. And does that not describe almost to the letter the mark of the beast system presented in the book of Revelation? I would say it largely does. So that's why I always will touch on the whole transhumanist aspect of things, because that actually has very occult roots as well when you delve back into the past looking at that and how that came to fruition but yes i mean i most certainly could see they're trying to snap these systems in place and alice bailey was an important one here for trying to present the plan mm -hmm. way here which so they literally what, called the plan just like QAnon, trust the plan right yeah. i mean they literally call it the plan i mean well, they is, did even before QAnon even became a thing you know yeah we talked about this when go ahead jeremy I was just saying, we talked about this in the episode with Gary Wayne, how, you know, the science has occult roots, and the scientists back, you know, who came up like Einstein and who came up with the theories that modern science is based on, they were occultists. And it's funny, as far as Revelation goes, the, the second beast of Revelation, you know, he builds the, or he creates the image of the beast. He gives the mark of the beast. He causes all the people to worship the beast. And um, I believe it was chapter eight in seven or eight in my first book was about this specific subject of how science and uh, sorcery would come together to create, you know, a golem, the image of the beast, mm -hmm. and bring it to life, uh, or at least make it seem alive, 
And this AI that we see just <laughs> growing and being pushed upon the public every day, I believe is going to play a huge role in both the image of the beast and the beast system itself. Oh, I totally agree with your assessment there. And it sounds like uh, you came to a lot of the same conclusions I did because I write about the same things in my books, <laughs> almost verbatim as to how you described it there. Uh, so uh, I think we are seeing the same thing coming to fruition here. I think we recognize it for what it is. There's a spirit behind it, and it's not a spirit of God behind all Absolutely. of this. So that's the important uh, distinction we need to make with this. Because here we are in our modern age. What has happened? Well, the new God of this age is science, quote unquote science. That's what the people have deified. That's what the people in control have deified, science. They see that as the be all end all of everything. And it's all based upon fraud. Much of our modern science is based upon fraud. When you go back and you study the works of even those foundational scientists like you're talking about, like Einstein, Einstein lifted most of his work from a guy named Poincaré, yep. <laughs> Henri Poincaré. So right. a lot of his ideas weren't even original. And then the second thing that comes with that is he just outright dismissed a lot of the basic tenets that were accepted in the late 1800s, early 1900s about the model of physics that we have. And this would be the ether model of physics, which better. John Clash talks about that a lot. What was that? John Clash talks about a lot of that in his videos. I've been watching them this week. Okay. Yeah. Well, th this is the whole point. Uh, so they, they've kind of discarded the physics model that actually seems to work and they've adopted Instead of that model, what they've done is they've adopted two separate models. They've adopted Einstein's relativity models and quantum theory. And the oh. two don't jive. So they've done everything in their power to try to make them mathematically work together, coming up with things, ideas, man-made reifications like dark matter. Now, originally in Einstein's uh, equations and stuff, he had to come up with something for this, and he called it the cosmological constant. So this was the same thing. It was just a mathematical number that he was able to plug in to make it work when in reality, there's no experimentation or anything or any type of observed physics. Scientific method, no. No scientific method at all, precisely. And they've adopted all this stuff wholesale as science. Same thing could be said for evolution. That's another one of my big pet peeves. There is absolutely nothing to support the notion of evolution whatsoever. And this okay. is what I do on my own programs. If, if people are out there aren't familiar with my work at all, what I do is I take their own words and I dissect them with the very things that they claim that they know how to use. In fact, they will tell you that the weapon of the spirit is reason. Now, us Christians, we call that the sword of the spirit. I use that to desiccate their very own ideas. I use their own reason against them, and it doesn't align. You'll see where they constantly contradict themselves or they mm -hmm. talk themselves into a corner with the things that they teach and they believe. So you could shine a bright light on this darkness just by doing that, by applying these their own terms in their own terms against them and pointing out the fallacy in their ways of thinking and in the fraudulent basis upon which they 
have built the foundations of their teachings. And we have this going on across the board. And like I said, I, I don't know if I said this while we were on air or if it was when we were talking before we came on air. A lot of what is really concerning for me is you get a lot of people who join these secret society groups like the Freemasons, and they don't know what they're getting involved with. They don't know. And by the time they figure it out, it's either too late because they've already declared several blood oaths that they won't betray the secrets of the fraternity and they've sworn fealty to the fraternity and put the needs and the wants and the desires of the fraternity ahead of their own. Or they get to the place where they decide, okay, I better shut up. I, I better not say anything. And they just quietly go into the background. And when they do that, oftentimes they find that things don't go well for them. And oftentimes it has to do with the idea of some type of a demonic attachment that has fallen upon them because of their involvement with this organization. And most get involved with these organizations with good intentions or under good pretexts. And they don't think there's anything fishy going on because if you join the Freemasons, if you get in the, what they call the Blue Lodge, which is the lower level, the first three degrees of Freemasonry, there's not much that really goes on there. It's just an old boys club where you, you go down to the car dealership to get a square deal. And this is the rituals. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do some rituals, some goofy rituals. That, yeah, that, that should open some eyes. But if you're someone who's, you know, gone to church, grown up in the church, knows the Bible, you know, but for people who don't, then they wouldn't see anything wrong with it. I don't know if you've come across this in your um in your research but i've found a third category as well and that is people who can't or feel like they can't get out because they have stuff on them the 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 higher ups have blackmail material and you know they've got them on film doing something that could ruin their lives and so that's that's another thing that I found that keeps people, you know, trapped. Oh, no doubt about it, especially when you get into the theater of politics and stuff like that, that associates with it as well. Anybody who gets into some type of a prominent position, usually they're they're blackmailable. And that's mm -hmm. done oftentimes through these secret society groups. People don't realize the true reach that these secret society groups have. They have an immense reach. Think just in terms of the intelligence community in the United States and around the world. CIA, FBI, MI6, all of these different organizations, NSA. All of these organizations, where do you think they got their tactics from? From the secret society groups. Yep. Yes. They're one and the same. They're tied together. And people don't seem to realize that. In fact, you can't even get oftentimes a position within one of the intelligence agencies without belonging to one of these fraternities. So uh, that in and of itself should be concerning, especially when internationally the Freemasons are known to give preferential treatment to each other. And it's even said in their own books and such that they're supposed to help each other when uh -huh. one of their members is in distress. And some of it, it says, um, you know, even if involved in something criminal you're supposed to help them unless of course it's uh, 
something like murder or treason, I think in the one distinction, but if you get higher up in the echelons of Freemasonry and you look at some of the, the rights that go beyond the 33rd degree of the Scottish Rite, that is inclusive there too. So uh, they're supposed to help each other and cover and each something other. Something like, is there no help for the widow's son? Yep, there like you that. They can signal that's each that's other hand gestures to judges to get them out of crimes and to police. You have the fraternal brotherhood order of the police as well, too. Many police officers and judges of Freemasons. Um, and I mean, unlike, you know, Christians where we are supposed to help our brothers and sisters where they're in trouble. However, if they break the law, um, you know, we're not supposed to help cover up the law that they broke so they could get away with it. Uh, and we're not supposed yeah. to break the law to begin with. Um, yeah, true. You know, yes. And let, we're supposed to obey the law unless it goes against the law of Christ. Yes, exactly. And so the thing is, is we, you know, within the Masons, you know, oh, a brother messed up. Let's get him out of it. Where and, you know, true Bible believing Christianity for, for practicing, you know, what, what God uh, commands of us within within his word. You know, we're called to, like you said, not break the laws unless the government acquires us to break the laws of Christ. Or, you know, if a brother or sister does commit a crime, uh, you know, we are supposed to uh, turn them, you know, over to the authorities. Um, and um, there's a lot of instances where that doesn't happen in uh, churches, for example, uh, where the, there's many, there's a lot of uh, covering up of pedophilia. Uh, which is a major problem, um, you know, within I, within various Christian churches. So. I would say if you've gone, if you're someone committing pedophilia, then I have a very hard time believing that you are seriously a member of the body of Christ to begin with. Sure. Um, yeah, I will say um, I believe you. I just I. I was trying to think where uh, um, in the scripture it talks about, you know, turning um, brothers and sisters over who commit crimes. I know what scripture talks about as far as not doing it, you know, not going to law, talking about suing and whatnot, you know, handling. We're I mean, we're supposed to go. We're church. We're supposed to go by the laws of the of the United States of America, though we might disagree with how some of the laws are. But for example, if like if you if I know for sure that you stole something major, let's say it was like grand larceny or something, okay, and I know it and I have proof, but I don't turn you over, and then someone who's not a Christian finds out that I protected you you know, from prosecution, um, you know, because of that. Um, now, I understand if it's something like it breaks the law of Christ, for example, if, um, you know, l later on through trials and tribulations, let's say that you did, you know, you, you're a Christian, I'm not going to turn you in for that. Or, or let's say that um, you, uh, the, the government wanted you to harm somebody and you didn't do it. Like, obviously, there's areas within the Bible that that's not the case, right? But like, it's obstruction of justice if you commit a crime, a knowing crime, uh, you know, and I don't turn you in and I know of it, then I myself committed a crime right then and there too well, as well. Yeah, and, and if, you're com if you're committing a 
a crime such as stealing, any type of theft is a sin. So whether you turn the person into the government or not, you absolutely are supposed to go before the church. Of course, you know, yes. Um, the Bible says, you know, first to, to go to them privately first and give them a chance to deal with it. And then, I would argue you know, unless it's a major crime, I guess that the, well, needs to be right. Even, even if it's a major crime, I think um, unless you know of a particular scripture, that says I would say like murder, that, for example, well, yeah. like if, you know, like I'm talking about something like murder or I'm talking about you have proof. You saw it, you're a witness, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like. What what I'm saying though is like you give them a chance to turn themselves in. If they don't, then you go and, and, and tell the law or or you know turn them in. Um, but things that aren't like like murder and things that aren't breaking the law of whatever land you live in. Yeah, I'm talking about that. If, if you see them like run the red light for example or forget to pay for like a candy bar when they had self-checkout no i'm not talking about something like that i'm talking about like if it's like murder or rape or molestation or something you know a grand larceny or embezzlement um yeah that's something where you know the law of the land you are supposed to i mean i understand giving them a chance I for them to turn themselves in but at the same time you know, it depends on the crime. What if they're a serial killer? Yeah, well, you know, again, I can see how a crime of passion could be committed by a born-again Christian, but I find it hard to believe a born-again Christian could be a serial killer. Well, I understand, uh, yes, but there could someone, but I mean, the BTK killer went to his church on a, on a weekly basis, yeah. uh, you know, so I mean, you know, I, it's this thing is, is it's kind of like a. I understand that we have to be. So does Todd Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> and I understand crimes within the church, definitely, so that you're supposed to go in front of witnesses. Unless, you know, I would argue, Mike Winger would argue this too. Molestations happening in the church, and it's obvious. Like, that's got to be taken care of right then and there. Like, there ain't you know, no two or three witnesses. Where, like, you need to take, like, they need to be taken care of right then and there. Okay. Listen, like, you know, like. If, you, if anybody's heard my testimony, um, you know, I, I know for a fact that it's going on in the church because it happened to me as a child. Uh, again, I find, I, I don't know, um, that's like the difference between committing a sin and willfully living in sin. Um there's no way for us to judge someone's heart, but we are supposed to, you know, know them by their fruits. And uh, those are definitely not the fruits of a disciple of, of Christ. 
but we kind of got mean off to get topic. sidetracked on a, on a discussion <laughs> I, I, here. I did uh, too. On the nuances of whether or not uh, we should follow the laws of the United States. And uh, I'm going to say we are different, though, than the Freemasons. And we're called to do so, so that yes. a, a non believer can't point at us and say, okay, so how are you different than the Freemasons who protect their brothers? Okay. Yes. And that's the point I'm trying to, get, to drive across. As Absolutely. we are called to be different than the world, okay, which got which got me on this in the first place, you know. And there are a lot of Christians that fall short, sadly, that try to cover up the crimes of their fellow brothers and sisters and the crimes of the churches that they attend, and in doing so, put a blemish on Christianity and of of itself to the world because they're not following what they're commanded to do in the Bible. Yeah. Right. I would say to that regard here as far as following the laws and stuff like that let common sense prevail and that's absolutely absolutely missing in society today is a lot of common sense but it is sad to say there are many organizations that present themselves as christian but many of them sadly are christian in name only and a lot of people Uh are putting on facades and false fronts and parading around on sundays and acting the part let's put it that way so it's it's sad to see that but uh, it, it is certainly a problem in a lot of areas. And this is something that does blemish Christians, uh, true Christians. It, it's, it puts a black eye on us in a sense. It gives us a black eye because they try to equate us with those people that are just the pretenders really walking around with a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. That's and right. that's a lot of what goes on in society today. They put on the facade, the veneer, the false front, and they try to play the part and act the part. And in the meantime, they live like hell all week and uh-huh. you know, church on Sunday and play the part on Sunday. And that's about it. It's sad. And you see it all over the place in this world. But uh, we are called to be different. And we are called to hold one another up, love thy brother as thyself, this kind of thing. And we are supposed to extend that kind of love to our brothers. But it's one thing to help people and to offer them the benefit of the doubt. But pattern recognition is another thing altogether. And if you see a pattern going on and you recognize it, like you were saying, you know them by their fruits. If their fruits aren't aligned with what is right, then you know that it's not Christ. (laughs) Let's put it that way. Uh, So at any rate, uh, that's what my two cents are on it. Looks like Jeremy's picture timed out or something on us here john yes so uh wayne let me ask you um so are you seeing a lot of um because i know that you reread uh mainly peace hall secret destiny uh of america um on your on your uh, channel recently and i was listening to it because of fourth of july and patriotism and all that and the theosophists put a lot of clout into patriotism, almost making it in a form of idolatry. We saw it with Elizabeth Clare Prophet. Uh, we see it with uh, Barbara Marks Hubbard. Uh, we see it with, um, and you have Quite like the juxtaposition of right-leaning patriotism and left-leaning patriotism, right? With Barbara Marks Hubbard on the left and 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 um, uh, Elizabeth Clare Prophet on the right. And you see with, you know, Guy and Julie, Judy Ballard, their version of it during the 1930s and the 1940s. 
Um, so do you see it kind of playing in of what Manly P. Hall wrote of the secret destiny of America, uh, kind of bringing in the founding fathers, which most of the theosophies glor theosophists glorify them to as well, of kind of like initiating America and those who've come into America and kind of, you know, mentioning it as form of manifest destiny, uh, that we are supposed to take command of our destiny, uh, and in doing so, and they always put the veneer you know, doing it within love and light, right? But they don't really necessarily mean that uh, as a way to be um, kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Kind of like put it like a adultery of patriotism, which is sadly even infiltrated Christianity and our brothers and sisters that go to church. It seems more and more that they become invested in politics, more and more they come invested in uh, this country. And though, you know, all of us here, our American citizens, uh, you know, we have ancestry in this country. It's not that we don't have a certain amount of reverence for our ancestors as far as, you know, you know, living here in this country and, and, and being God-fearing, you know, Americans. But that being said, though, we are supposed to be separate. We are part of the kingdom of God instead of any kingdom down here on earth. So some Christians will say, well, that makes you, you know, you're kind of, you know, sketchy or traitor, or you're not a patriot enough or anything like that. So, you know, do you see kind of like how patriotism is being weaponized both on a carnal and a spiritual level? And Manly P. Hall kind of wrote about the destiny of America and how that's kind of infiltrating Christian thought now with kind of like this uber patriotism that kind of had a really big injection into American culture and to the Christian churches after 9-11. Oh, I certainly do see some of that going on. All I have to say about that is look at what happened surrounding Donald Trump. We have this whole Q phenomenon, which, you know, relates to right-wing politics and many within the mainline churches really bought into this. The evangelicals largely support Trump, even though, honestly, he's kind of a scumbag. He always has been. Uh, we all know it. But uh, they, they were fed the line, this is God's guy. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, yeah, yes, I'll, I'll admit God does use people that aren't godly to do certain things at certain times throughout the course of history. We've seen this in the biblical narrative. But I, I don't buy it. This was just a little too controlled and contrived. But certainly we see that. We do see this attachment to uh, the churches from the various patriotic aspects of things. So if you look, what does the right wing consist of largely in America right now? If you look at it just from the stereotypical standpoint, it'll be the Christian base. It'll be the patriots all these things united together. It's usually a Christian patriot. Uh, oftentimes they'll, they'll use these same types of ways of identifying who is your political right. And they've sadly attached a lot of that ideology to the Q phenomenon that's happened here too, which makes me just roll my eyes, but <laughs> that's a subject for another time. Uh, but at any rate, uh, we do see this injection of patriotic ideas into the church and i think it has had an effect and it does kind of become set up as an idol of sorts so then you have the whole political class steering things with this so it, it's kind of deferring the godly nature of things or things that are related to god and uh, perhaps religious perspective it's handing that over to politics and letting politics play with it 
I see that a lot. I, I mean, like I said, uh, you just have to look at the whole Trump phenomenon to see that. Like, how could any Christian really support this guy? He, he's been a known and proven liar for a long time. He's flip-flopped on so many different things. And they got behind him. And there's still people that are supporting him. And I guess, uh, from what I understand, I guess he's still leading the pack here for the, the next election <laughs> somehow in the right wing. Uh, but uh, it, it's all political theater by and yes. large. And a lot of what's been done is they've really, they've caught the people that have some sense of morality left within the church, maybe, you know, what we would call maybe the mainline church. Most of the people that are Christian, maybe perhaps in name only, they try to maybe kind of uh, follow some of the precepts, but uh, they're kind of wishy-washy in their walk with God. Let's put it that way. So you get these people behind somebody like this and they line up behind them and they just all vote in tandem. And this is all politics. This is all the political machine working things. And we have infiltration in the churches. We've had that all along. We have infiltration in politics. And the problem is it's the same people at the top pulling the strings in both of those different theaters. And I say theater and I, I mean theater. It, it's all for show. Like, <laughs> uh, so uh, it's, it's a sad state of affairs. But what we can do to protect ourselves from that is, you know, stay strong in the word, read our word, read Absolutely. the word of God, stay strong in our walk. That's the most important thing. Just be vigilant, be in prayer constantly as we're advised to do. Walk that close walk with God, ask forgiveness daily. We have to renew our minds and our spirits daily with this. And so it's not just a, you know, once saved, always saved type of a thing as many people would like to believe. And I believe once you you do ask for salvation from Jesus Christ, he's He's going to give you that salvation. He's going to offer you that free gift. But it's something you have to maintain. If you truly let him into your heart, you want to maintain that relationship. And it is a relationship. And that's something that supersedes all religion or all philosophy or all these different things, politics, you name it. It's that relationship. It's having that one-on-one -on -one connection with God yourself and walking that walk and doing what you know is right. Because the Holy Spirit will lead you. You'll know in your heart what's right and what's wrong yes. if you have that close walk so it's not even so much that you need to follow along with the rest of the group if you see they're doing something wrong i mean call it out <laughs> that's the whole point yes. if you know something is the wrong thing or you know something's the right thing you you know what to do i live my life by one simple criteria if you know in your heart and your mind and your soul that it's the right thing to do do it and you can't go wrong. God will honor that. And he'll respect that. And I'm proof positive of that. God has worked so many miracles in my life. I, I can't even begin Same to thank him for all of that. He's directed my paths for certain. And, and it's to him I give all the glory for everything. So Same that being the case, uh, you, you have to acknowledge that. If you have that walk with God and you stay strong and you, you try to stay in the word, now, I've been terrible lately about staying in the word. I need to get back to my Bible reading. It ebbs and flows with all of us sometimes. It's oh, just yeah. sometimes we're way more uh, diligent in our walk with Christ. And sometimes we fall short due to the world or due to our own flesh. 
Um, and well, we're all imperfect beings, and that's why we that need. True, yes. <laughs> Even though the New Agers think that you can co-create with God, or you can be a, uh, a God or be God, which is completely silly when you look at how <laughs> imperfect human beings are, and how yeah. that you know every single one of us has been, and the only difference is the Son of God, Jesus Christ Himself. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just, it's crazy when you listen to them. And, yeah, and, and that's absolute proof that the NAR and Word of Faith people are New Age um, because they constantly are preaching from the pulpit how they are little gods. You know, uh, they use the term I am for themselves. Yep. You know, they believe that they are on the same level as Jesus Christ. And you said something earlier, John, um, about us being citizens of the United States and, uh, you know, uh, having a certain amount of respect for uh, our country and, you know, our, our ancestors and whatnot. And I agree, but I have a little bit, well, actually, I, I have a lot different point of view than most people because I've learned something in my life. Um, I used to be from the age of 17, I was a huge, I, I was tremendously patriotic. I listened to Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity every single day. Me too. Um, you know, I, I thought George Bush walk, Jr. walked on water. Um, I got in almost physical fights with people who would, you know, say things about 9-11 being an inside job. Um, you know, I, those were fighting words to me. And I was the most patriotic person I knew and I was the only person in high school I knew that listened to AM political talk radio. And I, I continued on that path after I came to Christ. And it, even after I first uh, was ordained as a minister, um, I still had a lot of that patriotic uh spirit and it is a spirit uh attached to me and i held a lot of those beliefs and it wasn't until i got in the word and wanted to know the truth no matter what it cost me you know even if it cost me my belief in jesus altogether i just wanted the truth so I put all my preconceived notions and, you know, doctrinal beliefs aside, everything I was taught, you know, in the church growing up, in seminary, everything, I just tried my best to put it out of my mind. And I read, you know, Matthew to Revelation. And I, I read the whole Bible, but specifically Matthew to Revelation as much as I could 
especially the teachings of Jesus. And what I found, and it wasn't long after that that I found the early Antinicene fathers. And what I found was that, of course, the teachings of Jesus and the apostles did not line up with a lot of the things that I had been taught, yep. uh, you know, doctrinally, eschatology-wise. Um, and then when I started reading the Antinicene Fathers and seeing how all of and seeing how the bible how we were promised persecution and tribulation and how you know we are not greater than our master jesus mm -hmm. and you know he went through <laughs> persecution and tribulation and suffering that we'll never be able to understand yep and then i saw how the early church, when they were suffering, they were the their faith was at its strongest. The martyrdom of Polycarp is a perfect example. Um, and there are a lot of accounts of martyrs throughout the Antinicene period, and their faith was amazing and then when the persecution stopped and christianity became the state religion their faith and their theology went to hell and the same I mean, it's a perfect parallel to America. You know, here we have all this freedom and all this, these things that we are used to as Americans. We think that they are basic human rights that everyone is, you know, supposed to have. Yep. And that is not a biblical worldview nope after the fall satan took dominion of this earth and because of man's rebellion and sin god pronounced certain judgments and the only way to get out of those judgments is through jesus christ but even becoming born again and grafted into the Israel of God does not make it where you will not suffer in this life. It actually guarantees your suffering in mm -hmm. this life. Yep. Our blessed hope is not, you know, money and uh, miracles and all the things that the, you know, signs and wonders when I say miracles, all the things that the NAR preach and promise. 
that's what the devil wants you to believe. And anytime I've talked to people about this, you know, I, I hear this all the time. Well, you hate America so bad. Why don't you leave? Well, if I had the ability to, I would. And I'm not just saying that. If I had a way to, you know, go preach the gospel around the world tomorrow, I'd leave and go preach the gospel. You know, my children, all but one, are grown. And even if it meant my life, I want that relationship with God that I know for a fact that the freedom I have and the comfort I have here in America is holding me back from. Now, does it mean you can't have a strong relationship with Christ if you live here? No, it doesn't mean that. Um, but the some scientific... people want to hold. No, I was going to say some people want to hold on. Like America's falling as the rest of the world's falling as we're moving into the end times, right? As the it's yeah. clear in Scripture that's what happens. You know, the evil abounds, the love the love love of many grows cold, right? And so but... obviously that's happening. And people are like, you know, they're like, I don't want to be persecuted. I want my comfy life. I'm going to exactly. hold on to the Great Reset as much as I possibly can. I want to return to Americana. I'll do whatever necessary to achieve that. But the thing is, no matter where you live, if you're born again, you are now a citizen of the New Jerusalem, the kingdom yeah. of heaven. Yeah. And an ambassador of that kingdom and its king and whatever country you're living in you are just a sojourner as the bible says you're an alien in a foreign land um you know you were born into that country in this physical body so yes uh you are a citizen but you can't control that you can control making the decision to be born again you know uh, coming into the kingdom of god and once you come into that kingdom you should truly commit to being an ambassador for christ and his kingdom mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i i know I, I said a lot but i said all that to say that that the freedom and comfort that Americans and Westerners have been given is not it, it, it's not something that makes us stronger spiritually it it's a it's not a help it's a hindrance yeah yeah I, I mean no, I, I agree I agree um here's a question put forth I want to you know I ask y'all um, and a question I want to ask anybody who's listening. Do you think it's biblical to pledge allegiance to the United States of America? No, absolutely not. It's, I don't believe it is either. I think we're supposed to swear no oath but to God. What do no you say, Wayne? No oaths. Well, that's, that's the thing. I mean, we've been indoctrinated with this stuff from an early age. Now, uh, when we were in elementary school, we would stand and put our hand on mm -hmm. our heart. And pledge allegiance to the flag every day. 
And pledging your allegiance to the flag is not the same as pledging allegiance to this country or, you know, to, to God himself. Think about that. You know what a flag is? It's a, it's a symbol. It's a symbol of something else. Okay. It's a representation. It's an image, a false image. Remember that term image. It's called a, uh, what do they call a flag officially? It's not a symbol. It might be like a, a, a signet or something. If you look up the banner, the term that they use for it, I'm trying to remember exactly, but if you look up the meaning of it, it's, it's not something, it doesn't represent what you think it does. And especially if you look at the American flag and notice that it's got the little yellow fringes on it, well, that's an Admiralty Maritime Law flag that you're pledging allegiance to if that happens to be hanging in your, your school system or your courthouse. Uh, and I assure you it's in the courthouse, the, the one with the yellow fringe on it. Uh, so it's something entirely different. It's an image that represents something else. And when you're pledging allegiance to that image, well, what do we know about false images? Is that not a type of idol? And I think this goes hand in hand with what John was saying before about how they've gotten the church and this patriotic type movement to go hand in hand together. Now, am I saying America's terrible? No, I'm not saying America's terrible. We have an awful lot of freedoms here that other places in the world don't. The problem is when you have this culture of abundance like we have here and this culture where we have these freedoms and these abundances, it creates complacent men. And if you're complacent, you just go along to get along. And that's not my problem or that's above my pay grade. This is the attitude you take on. Uh, somebody should do something about that. But it's not me, though, because then I'd have to step out of my comfort zone to do something. Yes. Uh, this is the whole attitude that people take on. And it's like, oh, not my problem. Or, you know, let's uh, push it down the road. Not worry about that today. That's what we pay the politicians to worry about. And this kind of thing. And it just it shirks your responsibility. And in shirking your responsibility, you shirk your sovereignty and you shirk your relationship with God, your right relationship with God. So it comes down to, you have to have this compunction in your heart, take personal liability and responsibility for your actions and for the things you do. And if you see an injustice in the world, you should do something to correct that rather than sit complacently by and let somebody else handle it. That's kind of how I got to where I am today. I looked around at the state of the world and I'm like, somebody needs to warn people about this. Somebody should do something. Well, why not me? Why not me? Who's going to, who's going to stand in the gap for my kids? Sure. Ain't going to be some stranger that has their best interests in mind. I'll stand yeah. in the gap for my kids. I want my children to have a future. I don't want them to have to live through some type of an unimaginable, uh, you know, uh, technocratic hellscape or something like that, like many of these people have in mind for us. I want them to have a future. I want them to have goodness. I want them to have right living in the eyes of God. I want them to have uh, a, a place that's worth living in. So, you know, that being the case, it comes down to that. Be the change you want to see in this world. That's where it begins. We can only change one person's mind in this entire world, and that's our own. That's right. That You can only change your own mind, but we are, we are given this task by God, though. We're to go out and plant seeds. 
That's what we're to do. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. We're just there to plant the seed. And how we do that, it's different for each person. I'm not called to the same thing you're called to, Jeremy. I'm not called to the same exact thing you are, John. Although you and I, John, have similar types of uh, uh, paths, it would seem at certain yeah. times. But uh, it's not the same thing for everybody. And, and, you know, God puts us in a position where he'll use our talents and he'll use our abilities to try to get the message out there, try to get those seeds planted. But That's once right. the seeds planted, we need to walk away. That's not our job anymore to let that seed develop. Now, maybe at some point it will be part of our job to nurture that and bring that along, but that's different for each person as well. But essentially what we have to do is we have to sow the seeds. We have to let people know that a lot of what they're seeing happening in this society, first of all, this has been a very, very long-term plan by dark occultists in positions of power who run things in this world. And there are absolutely dark occultists at the top of the power structure in this world that are running things. Make no doubt about that. Take that to the bank. Uh, so that's who's running the show. And the things that they do with this quote unquote secret knowledge that they have, which they have withheld certain knowledges from the public. Let's be honest about it. They have. But the things that they do with that, you need to understand what's their strategies. What are they doing? Why do they do it? What are their belief systems? No good general would walk onto a battlefield without first studying his enemy, knowing what his tactics are, what his beliefs are, what his strategies are, what his goals are. And it's the same with this spiritual war we're in. And make no doubt about it, we're in a spiritual war. And it's it's, oh, getting, yes. it's getting hot and heavy now. Uh, we're, we're really approaching the time where the devil is, he's in panic mode. Let's put it that way. He's in full-blown panic mode because he knows his time is short. So he's throwing every trick in the book out there, every dirty trick you could think of. And we need to be able to stand in that day. We need to put on the whole armor of God and stand against the wiles of the enemy. And not only Absolutely. do we need to stand against it, we need to go on the attack with the sword of the spirit. And that's what's been kind of my personal goal here. And that's the thing, though. People don't understand the whole armor of God. I've heard so many sermons, and I've even been guilty of preaching sermons that are telling people the wrong thing about the armor of God. It is literally a lifestyle. Uh, you know, <laughs> the shield of faith is something you have if you are walking in faith. If you have faith, and faith is not something that occurs in your mind. It's not a belief that happens in your mind. You know, I can believe or say I believe all day long in Jesus, but if my actions don't show that I believe in him, then it's nothing more than a thought. You know, um, I, the, the best example that I can give on short is like my son has, when he was younger, he would dive off the top bunk of his bunk bed and I wouldn't even know he was going to do it, but he just knew dad would catch him. 
you know, that's that's faith, and that's a childlike faith, and that's what we're called to have. And it's the same with every other part of the armor and our weapon, which is the sword. If you are not in the word, studying the word and using the word, yeah, yeah, then you don't have the sword of the spirit. And it's the same with every piece of armor. It's literally a lifestyle. And it can actually, every bit of Ephesians 6 correlates perfectly with the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. I mean, yes. a lot of people, a lot of people are, a lot of people are afraid to use the sword. They're afraid to use the word. And if you're just leaving it sheathed and you're not spreading it, if you're not using it to reprove and correct, if you're not using it to convict, um, you know, if God and the Holy Spirit is not prompting you to to do these things. And I understand, you know, Christians who are, who are on the milk, you know, kind of, they're kind of in infancy in their faith. Yes, they can be overzealous sometimes, and they can be the ones that are out there, you know, passing out gospel tracts and winning souls for the Lord. But there are also some fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, myself included, when we first became born again, we were kind of meek in that we were like, well, should we spread the, you know, like, you know, we don't want to step on anybody's toes. We don't, you know. But yeah. eventually you outgrow that. I've outgrown that. I mean, I'm, you know, bold. Um, I fall short sometimes. We all do. But it went from me. I don't want to offend anybody to me going, well, this is God's word and I'm going to use this sword, you know, no matter, you know, you know, you know, the, the, the cost, you know, sometimes. And, and uh, you know, we're not supposed to hit somebody directly over the head with the word. You know, we're supposed to, you know, this Holy Spirit is supposed to prompt us how hard do we use this the sword of truth on somebody and some people we could you know we might need to be very blunt and forthcoming to them for some people we might need to be less blunt more you know as james would say slow to anger quick to listen you know slow to speak uh you know and i'm not going to say that sometimes there haven't been times where i've been a little bit too harsh i've been a little bit too overzealous I and sometimes and sometimes it can happen, and I'm sorry, that's my personality, uh, you know, but that being said, though, hopefully, you know, God has tempered me, and God will continue to temper me, and so, you know, when we're trying to reach the lost, you know, when we're trying to win souls for the Lord, you know, it, you know, there's, we have to realize that, you know, sometimes, you know, being harsh to somebody, though we might be doing it lovingly because we want them to become born again, not be the best mechanism of the way of doing it for everybody. And also there's some people that you need to be harsh with. There's some people that that's the only way that they do come to the truth is hitting rock bottom or getting hard knocked upside the head. That's how that's it is. That's why sometimes. we're supposed to do all things through prayer and supplication, you yeah. know, um, even, you know, uh, uh, sharing the gospel with people, you know, pray about, the best way to do it ask the holy spirit to you know speak through you guide you you know give you the words to say for example I mean, if someone's in the lgbtq plus community for example though if anybody asks you know well what does the bible say i say we'll read romans one <laughs> that's what the, i mean that's what god says about it but that being said though 
um, you know, you might not want to constantly harp on, you know, homosexuality being a sin. Also, you know, be stern. I'm not saying that you bulk anywhere. I'm not saying that, okay? But if you're constantly hitting them over the head with it, and that is all you are saying to them, instead of, you know, preaching the gospel to them, that could shut them off. Go completely Absolutely. shut somebody off. I think um, Wayne said it best earlier. Um, it's our job to plant the seeds. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so share the gospel with them so they can come to Christ and then let Jesus and the Holy Spirit change them. Yeah. If they are truly born again, then they will be a new creature. And they'll know that homosexuality is wrong. Or abortion is and, wrong or alcoholism yeah. or insert, you know, grievous sin that someone falls into, yeah. you know, the Holy Spirit will convict them on that. That's right. Um, and, you know, like, you, like I guess the parable of the sower, our job through the Great Commission that Jesus Christ has commanded us to do is just preach the gospel. It's just preach the word right. and get it out there. That's what the Holy Spirit you know, does through us and what God does. And it's a grace that he shows the world is by us preaching the word. Um, and, you know, and, and we're not supposed to, again, like, you know, like once you plant the seed, you know, not dump a ton of fertilizer on it or, or, or something that could, you know, necessarily turn a person off, which can happen, you know, because then, you know, ultimately it lies within that person. Right. But then you're kind of like, okay, so, I, I, I probably messed up here. <laughs> you know, I probably committed a sin against God in that way, uh, you know, by, you know, going too far. And there have been times in our lives of people that we love that we're probably most guilty with doing this, of people that we really earnestly want to become saved. Uh, but sometimes through uh, us being overzealous, um, that can end up happening where you can turn them off sadly and you have to come back later and you know and, and try to, to to discuss things with them again you know and it's ultimately it's up to God you know ultimately yeah. it's you know the, the the person has to have faith as well you know too um but you know it, it's tough because all of us here I don't know, I know Wayne and I, when we're speaking to people who practice the occult, when we're speaking to people who practice witchcraft, when we're spe speaking to people who uh, practice new age beliefs and new thought beliefs and stuff like that and everything, which is primarily what Wayne and I do. Um, not to say that you don't do it, Jeremy, you do too as well, but it's it's primarily something that we focus on. Yeah, especially well, you guys definitely talk to, you know, people actually, you know, one-on-one -on -one way more than I do. I can only think of a handful of times that I've spoken to someone in the occult one-on-one. -on -one. You know, I, I do podcast episodes and make videos, but as far as one-on-one, -on -one, maybe a handful of times. So yeah, that's that's definitely something y'all know more about. And we have to realize too, I guess one thing I want to talk to you, you Wayne, about this and ask you is... And my friend Jesse Spots talks about this a lot. Like I, Jesse's a dear brother in Christ to me, a dear friend to me. We have discussions about this also with my, my friend Shane Levesque, who's also a fellow brother in Christ. We're trying to reach 
the lost people that are into the occult. Some go as far as, you know, directly worshiping Satan. You know, some are worshiping themselves, but are also worshiping Satan too, whether they realize or not, if they're a quote unquote light worker like I used to be. Okay. But when we're trying to reach these people, you know, so many people just want to automatically condemn them and cut them off. And I'm not saying that we, we I'm not saying that, you know, you would quote unquote build bridges with them per se and justify any wickedness that they're doing. I'm not saying that, but we have to within love and within, you know, you know, within the Holy Spirit working through us and God working through us, try to reach these people without shutting them off because you know, if we go to them and we're pointing fingers, I can, you know, how can I point a finger at a new ager when I was a new ager and was yeah. rebellious against God in and of myself? You know, how can I sit there and say, how dare you be this way? When that was my, I was that way five years ago. Uh, you know, the fact is they should see Jesus in us in everything we do. You know, they, they should we should be witnessing to them without even opening our mouths. And if we, you know, come to them in any way other than Christ would, then I don't think it's going to be received. No. And I'm, I'm definitely listening, you know, because I, I want to hear, John, you know this, uh, some of the listeners may, uh, the Remnant Report listeners definitely do. You know, I have a son into that. You know, he's an adult. Um, he's far from Christian. He's into the occult, and it breaks my heart. And I, I, I look for different ways to talk to him. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he he believes that not necessarily that God isn't God and that Jesus isn't who he says he is, but that he's not the only way. Yeah. Universalism. Know, that, exactly. So, so Wayne, and I know that you interact with a lot of the new age community and we both have friends who are still sadly stuck in the new age too, as well. And people that we love, um, can you give some advice to uh, our listeners who are fellow brothers and sisters in Christ of how we can minister to people uh, who are still trapped into the trapped in the occult, who are still trapped in new age or new thought type thinking and bring them to the objective truth, which is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Oh, it is a tough egg to crack for sure. And that's the whole point with all of it, because a lot of times people are just seeking teachers that will please their itching ears as the Bible does inform us. Yes. And oftentimes the things that these secret societies, these occult organizations and stuff offer people is exactly what they wanna hear. Oh, well, you don't have to follow any particular set of moral values or anything like that. It doesn't matter. There's many ways to get to God. And this is kind of the whole thing that they teach. And they, they even go a step further in a lot of these occult fraternities. They teach that you can be God, that you are a microcosm of God. You're a mini God. You're a fractal portion of God. That God is the universal one, the one, the source, the original 
uh, creative motive that put this in, together, this whole cosmos together. And you are a small part of that. And you are this microcosm of the macrocosm. So essentially you are God. And this is what they teach in mm -hmm. a lot of their teachings. So when you have people looking at those ideas, well, they click some boxes with them because then it becomes more focused on the self and it comes a type of self-worship. That's what it becomes. And they don't realize that. And that's even within their own language. Think about what they espouse. Well, I'm going to uh, you know, commune with my higher self, self. Think about that. It's in their own language. Yeah. that they use they they uh, will communicate with their own holy guardian angels and things like this or so they claim and that's also a version of their higher self when you get high enough in the teachings of the occult orders this is what alistair crowley was speaking of when he was talking to this this entity he called ewas this was his higher self allegedly whom he channeled the book of the law through and we have this whole dichotomy of thought that arises with that. So it becomes self-centric. And if it's self-centric, it's not of God. Yeah. That's the thing, because essentially at the end of the day, what all of these occult fraternities or mystical teachings, occult practices, whatever it is they teach, it will be the absolute inversion of what natural law is. It'll be the inversion of nature. And that's why you arrive at things like lgbtq plus and whatever they want to call it how many ever other letters they want to add to it it's not natural and the ends thereof are always death there's a way that seemeth right to a man but the ends thereof are death i probably butchered that quote but you get the idea <laughs> i see i do know scripture but i can't uh, necessarily quote it verbatim most of the time when i'm trying to speak like this but uh, uh, the whole point here is we're told certain things in the Bible that contradict things that they're taught in the occult. So when you could go ahead and point out these things that they teach and they believe in the occult, and here's the big key. Here's the big key. These people that are stuck with these occult teachings and stuff like that, they got their minds stuck on that. They don't even know what they believe. Oftentimes you have to tell them what they believe by pointing to the source material. That's exactly what I do. Here's what you believe. This is what this organization you belong to teaches. This is what you believe. Yeah. And then you point out the dichotomy of thought with that and how it doesn't align with the principles of reason that they, they hold in high esteem there yeah. or with what God says. And yep. you present Jesus to them. And a lot of these occult fraternities and mystical secret societies and stuff, they try to adopt Jesus into the fold as one of their ascended masters. The master Jesus. Yeah, and they try to fit him in and mold him in the Christ. They call him the Christ, like, you know, as if it's a title or something like that. It's, and it's, it's different from Jesus, the Jesus Christ within the Bible, the Son of God, when you right. compare to what their master Jesus says, or, oh, yeah. even, the, or even the new AI ch chat Jesus, which, yeah. again, that's utter uh, technological blasphemy, huh, Wayne? It doesn't, it doesn't. It's it doesn't, doesn't it doesn't equate. It doesn't equate to what Jesus truly said. Reminds see, me of the image of the beast. Yeah. Yeah. When these secret societies are talking about Christ, they're talking about something entirely different than you and I are talking about. And wow. that's the whole point here. They don't even understand what it is that they espouse. They just throw Jesus in there and they throw Christ in there to lead people astray. 
That's what it's about because they're not talking about the same thing. They just grabbed the term to maybe suck people in that aren't very familiar with the Bible, but maybe have some Christian predispositions to them. And that's how they, they get people on the hook. Oh, well, this, this must be true. This sounds very good. It sounds very correct. Sounds very logical. And by the way, they, they worship Jesus at the, in the lodge. No, they don't. I assure you. They don't don't worship the son of God. No, 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 no. That's the only prerequisite to becoming a Mason is you have to believe in a God. You don't have to designate which one, Uh, but uh, they'll, they'll insert that for you later on. They'll, they'll lead you to the great architect of the universe. Uh, But that's, that's another story altogether, which is. Which also I have to put this in the Mason's credit from what I've read and what I've studied John Calvin with coming for coming up with the phrase the great architect of the universe, by the way. Uh, it doesn't so, surprise me a bit. So uh teachers and stuff who have been Freemasons too, like Bill, Billy Graham and uh, a lot of other ones. Uh, Norm, so, Norman Vincent Peel, Trump's mentor and pastor. Um, oh yeah. There's infiltration it, everywhere. Oh yeah. Oh, and there's yeah. a lot of Freemasons that sit on church boards and stuff too. So you have to be mindful. You can't serve two masters. We're, we're warned this. All right. If you're if you're serving some other master, you've taken blood oaths, swearing fealty to the the lodge, fealty to the lodge. You're not serving Jesus. You're not serving the Lord. You're serving some other Lord. And you know who it is they revere in the lodge? Well, they don't tell you till you hit the thirtieth degree. But it is Lucifer. That's uh, right. So Albert uh, Pike will tell you. What's that? I said, Albert Pike will tell you. Absolutely. And that's yeah. the thing. They, th- this is what gets me is, all right. And this is what I was, was the point I was hitting on. Most of the time, the people that get involved with this stuff, they don't even know what it is they believe or they belong to. And that's They don't where, read their own material. Right. That's oftentimes where maybe you'll get them to change their mind or think about things. That's where you could plant the seed. They don't know. They don't know because they haven't done the footwork. They haven't really read into it. And oftentimes they get involved with this thing with good intentions, like I said, because let's face it. I mean, let's put let's look at the public face of the Freemasons. okay? or more specifically, we'll go we'll go the Shriners. That's a step higher in the Freemasonic order. What do they do? Well, they build children's hospitals and they put on circuses and they do spaghetti dinners. And, you know, they're wonderful people. They're they're upstanding citizens and businessmen in the community. Well, there's more behind the Shriners than that. Uh, I actually oh, yes. have on the Shriners yep. Yep. reading directly from their own manuals. So mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty concerning stuff that goes on behind the scenes with the a lot. Order of the Mystic Shrine. Yep. They, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not, they're not a Christian organization. No, 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 no. Cause again, you have to swear an oath, right? And it's the same with, um, well, to be a Shriner, you have to swear at least 32 oaths. What's the, what's, oh, the, yes. what's the Catholic organization? The Jesuits. Well, yes, but there's a fraternal brotherhood within the Catholics as uh, well, too. You're, you're, you're talking about, um, oh man. Hold on, let me look. I can't believe I'm. I'm I'm thinking Jesuits all day long because that's essentially. Well, yeah, but there's a there's a there's a specific fraternal order within the Catholics that's very famous, and I can't believe I'm drawing a Knights of Columbus. Knights of Columbus. There you go. go. Knights Uh, of Malta. 
The Knights yes, of Malta is what I was of, thinking about. The Knights of Columbus, as far as we're talking about fraternal orders, which the Knights of Malta they are too as well. Uh, but that's the so, one I was thinking of. But they're but they're 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 sw- swearing oaths, you know, not to God, but to uh, various uh, demons as well too, right? You know, and so it's just how anybody can think. It just blows my mind. Like you were talking, Jeremy. Like I grew up listening to talk radio when I was in high school too, as well. Like you can look at my yearbook and people thought I would have been a state senator by now. And oh, praise God, I'm not because here. I'd be a member of the Council for National Policy, and I would, you know, probably I would not be a born again Christian. Uh, and I'd probably be defending Donald Trump right now in the Great Awakening. Uh, you know, like that's where I would have been. Okay, and so. I, I'm glad through all the trials and tribulations I've went through that that's, you know, this was hopefully I can say, hopefully without putting, you know, words in God's mouth, you know, this is where God wants me to be. I, I hope so anyway. Um, and so, you know, it's just to see like the patriotism and people who claim to be Christians, but joining fraternal organizations. And like, when you're reading the word and you're in the word, like, it's plain as day that we're not supposed to join any fraternal organizations, nor are we supposed to swear allegiances to the country Above that Above all things, my brothers, swear no oaths. Yes. Because above and- all things. I mean, that's a that's as bold a statement as you can make. Yes. And the thing is, is it's not that just because I don't say the Pledge of Allegiance, okay. And just because I um, try to curb patriotism as much as I possibly can, because I don't want it to turn into an idol, and I don't vote as well, too, okay? But just because I don't do these things uh, does not mean that I don't, you know, care about the citizens of my country or my neighbors around me. Yeah, I do because I'm commanded to do so Absolutely. in the second law of Christ. <laughs> yeah, I you know? love so. the people, but you know, it, there is a huge difference between the people in the country and the government of the country. You know, the Bible's very clear that that there are principalities behind every nation in this world. And, you know, Satan is the God of this world. Mm-hmm. So we are to love the people. And look, I am as patriotic as they come. My kingdom's just not of this world. Yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, and a lot of people get upset about you know about the thing is is it doesn't matter if you're right on the left. Satan's gonna have you trapped in wanting to maintain what you have in this world, or whether for you to get more. We have to remember America per capita has the largest prison population of any country in the world. Okay, the illusion of freedom that we have or liberty that we have in this country is nothing but an illusion, okay? And the thing is, is, again, to call it liberty, right, our, our, our liberties, our, our God-giving rights, but Lucifer brings liberty. 
Jesus and God bring freedom, freedom from sin and death, the bondage of sin and death through our faith, okay? And so people have to realize, and it's hard because I used to be neoconservative. I love the founding fathers. Like, why do you think it doesn't matter if it's Alice Bailey or Barbara Marks Hubbard, the right or the left, they both worship the founding fathers. All of the theosophical writers that I've ever read, now maybe Wayne, maybe you've come across one that I haven't, they all honor the founding fathers. They all honor the grand uh, Atlantean experiment known as the United States of America. Unless yeah. I'm missing something, I yeah, have not come across Thomas one Payne. that doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I understand you could say the Russian occultists, maybe they don't from a Dugan, Alexander Dugan standpoint. I'm not arguing them. I told the American theosophists, they do. Uh, and so they idolize this country. And I don't, I mean, I, I know you guys are getting it. The amount of pushback that you just say, I am a Christian first, American citizen second, uh, from Christians is insane. It's insane. Because they've been well, indoctrinated to love the country. And closer to it being illegal. I mean, I, I didn't I honestly didn't think I would live to see it, but I honestly now don't see how. I mean, unless the Lord is ready for me to leave this world, you know, soon. If I live a full life, I don't see how I won't see it because it's already happening and has been happening in other parts of the world. Um, you know, dispensationalists and Christian Zionists are so pro-Israel, but Israel is one of the most dangerous countries in the world to be a Christian. Yeah. And it's illegal. Um, but it's getting closer and closer to being illegal in America. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that the patriotic uh, Christians don't understand and are very deceived about. They believe that Donald Trump is going to change that. Um, <laughs> even if it does change for a time, um, we are always supposed to be very weary anytime someone comes crying peace and safety. Yeah. I mean, it's like, well, the fact is people just don't read their Bibles. That's no. what it boils down to. No. Yeah, that's the sad state of affairs. People don't know the Bible, especially this younger generation. Many of them have been brought up without any kind of Bible pretext Yep. or any kind of biblical foundation. They don't understand. They don't know what is written in the book of Revelation. They don't know what's there. I mean, it's laid out. <laughs> even uh, Matthew chapter 24, I, I love Matthew chapter 24. Jesus with the Sermon on the Mount tells it exactly how it is, how it's coming down the pike here. It's going to happen. It's a blueprint. You could look at it. You can know what season we're in 
by the fruit that we see, by the tree. Look at the fig tree. When you see that the, the, the buds are ripe on it, you know summer is nigh. And that's yes. where we're at. I mean, we see it. It's, it's, it's unbelievable, just the amount that has lined up with scripture at this point, especially over the course of the past three years now. And people are still absolutely blind to it. It's unfolding before your eyes. It was written yeah. on the it's right faster there. and it's faster. That's it's a delusion. It's the grand it's, delusion that God's getting. Even the very elect could be deceived, Wayne. We're we're seeing it right now. We're absolutely. I mean, and, and people are always wondering, you know, I, my friend Jesse, I guess bring him up real quick another time, is he used to when he was an atheist, he used to say, Well, if it's right here in Revelation, then if we know exactly what's going to happen, then it could be stopped, right? But we're literally seeing people just disregarding and scoffing at it. And I mean, in droves, people are just like, don't they don't even care. Like it's happening. We're seeing the great apostasy, the grand rebellion right in front of our eyes, probably happening. Okay. And it's happening right now. We're, we're, we're witnessing it. And, you know, and it's, it's a sight to behold, um, and I guess, you know, one final question I, I have for you, Wayne, and then you can tell everybody, uh, you know, where they can find your excellent work. And definitely thank you for coming on. We'll have you again on by their fruits, brother. Is, and um, I'll put all that info in the uh, description as well. Yes. And so my, my final question to you is, is, is with, with all this is, do you see with everything building to this um, transhumanist, you know, beast system where, you know, we're going to see the heartlet fall, which I believe is Jerusalem, and we're going to see the kind of like current world order, the current Zionist world order is going to, to fall away and give a baton pass to the Antichrist, the system that's going to be set in place uh, for, you know, for it to be ruled with love and light. Right, which you know is 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 we know is false. It's going to be persecution on a grand scale of Christians that has been since the first century or greater, even than that. You know, um, and the tribulation is going to come come across the world. Now, ultimately, uh, you know, we know that Jesus Christ treads the wine press alone, and he destroys the Antichrist. Okay, but you know, my question is: is I hear a lot of scoffers. You're mentioning, you know, Gen Z. We're millennials. There's a little bit of scoffing coming from this too, as well. Where um, I, I one of the biggest thing I hear is is well, my grandparents th thought that we were living in the end times, or my great great grandparents thought we were living in the end times. They thought we were living in the end times during World War II and everything. That do you think through all your research of transhumanism, the technocracy, that it would have? First of all, I don't think that to be true. One and second, um, do you think that? It's it, the reason why we are living, that we are the terminal generation and we are living in it now is because the technology is finally in place right? for these events to occur and to unfold where they couldn't, let's say, a, a 11, they couldn't a thousand AD because you wouldn't be able to have a global mark of the beast. You wouldn't be able to have, you know, a, a, an image, uh, you know, of the beast, whether it's AI. You like you wouldn't be able to have all these things, which is the reason why it has, has not happened, you know, previously beforehand, and probably will very much likely happen in the near future. 
Well, I, I definitely still hold out hope because, I mean, look at the state of AI, okay? Uh, they have these self-driving cars that will see police lights, the red and blue lights flashing, and they will proceed to crash into the police car. Uh, so <laughs> I'm not holding up any big hopes for AI. I don't have that kind of threat level uh, with it that most people might might equate to it at this point. I, I don't see it being as big of a thing. It's all part of the lie of the promotion of this transhumanist notion of things, in my estimation. AI is never going to become sentient. It's no, I agree with you on that. I'm not a hard AI, hard AI, by, AI believer, but I do believe that... Okay, so let me ask you, since you mentioned that, do you believe that the end times could be a little bit farther off decades because because it's eventually coming it's going to happen like it's it, you know we will have you know the you know the foretold events in the book of revelation the new heaven and the new earth for believers you know the people being judged and cast into hell that are non-believers like that is coming that 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 will happen it's been foretold and it will happen now i'm saying it's probably shorter time is going to happen within the next two decades decade then longer okay but it's a possibility that their technology isn't quite there yet is that what you're saying the technology is not quite because it's yeah. going to happen it's going to happen it's, it's oh, no, to happen. happen. the potential is definitely there and they are planning for some big stuff to go down not only by 2030 but by 2049 which is the year in which ray kurzweil predicts the singularity will happen and of course they they have high hopes that that could happen sooner but uh, I, I don't think the technology is quite there yet. I think they're being overly optimistic with their planning of this. So I don't think we're quite there. I think we probably have uh, maybe by the end of the century, uh, something like that in my estimation. I could be totally wrong. I reserve the right to be totally wrong about it. Oh, I know, I know you're not saying thus say of the Lord. I know you're I, not. <laughs> I would advise people to live your life as if, Jesus could show up anytime because he certainly can. All the precepts are in place. All the boxes are ticked. There's nothing else that needs to happen on the prophetic timeline for this to come about right now. Uh, let's be honest about it. Uh, I think they lie about the state of technology, but I also do know from my research that the state of technology is actually somewhere bare minimum 30 to 50 years ahead within the auspices of the secret programs of the oh, military. Yes. We have no idea. Um, and it is the public. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm... No, I, I was agreeing with you. That's all. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to say what is the true nature of the beast. And of course, I'll use the term the beast. We just don't know. So simply the best thing to do is, is live your life in as holy a manner as possible. Get your relationship right with God right now. There's no time to wait. You won't regret it, honestly. Have no regrets. Uh, live in right relation with Jesus Christ. Accept him as Lord and Savior. And he'll help you through it. He'll guide you through. It's as simple as that. And this okay. is the thing, just to go back to the whole notion with uh, the people involved with the occult again. If you actually go and look at everything involved with all these occult teachings, it's always about gnosis or secret knowledge or oh, learning yeah. this, learning that, going through initiatory rites and passages and all of this stuff. And you have to work towards your salvation and work towards all of this, this promise, this false promise that they give you. And you're never quite good enough. 
you're never quite there because they'll tell you if you get just far enough, if you're just good enough, if you follow the instructions of your teacher verbatim and you do everything the fraternity wants you to do and you do all of this and you're just right enough and you, you're just right in your studies, then maybe you'll develop one of these special occult powers like clairvoyance or some such thing. And then you'll be able to see, have your third eye opened and see into other spiritual worlds and, and communicate on the astral plane and all of this stuff. And they make all these grandiose promises. And most people who go through the occult teaching don't ever experience any of that. Or if they do, then I mean, it's, it's, demonic to the core and it's not everything it was cracked up to be or they they get high enough to a level where they claim that they do that without actually doing that and they're known to lie to their lower level members and make these yeah. grandiose promises so here's the thing so they go through this whole system and they're told you have to do this that and this and that here's the thing salvation through jesus christ is a free gift it's a free gift by the grace of God and not by works, lest any man should boast. And he makes a way for us and he makes it easy for us. We don't have to build our own salvation like the philosophers of fire teach. And that's what they refer to themselves as in these fraternal schools, these secret brotherhoods, the philosophers of fire. They think that they're the sons of Cain. They're the builders. They're the ones that get things done. They can build their own salvation. They don't need to be weak like those of the waters of faith, that's how they refer to us. They don't need a savior. They can be their own savior. They yeah. can build their own way. This is what they believe. This is what they yeah. teach. And it comes at a cost because it's a lie. And they could never quite get there. They can't build their temple the way that they claim. Whereas Jesus Christ offers this free gift. And all you have to do is accept this free gift from him, accept him as your savior, and it's through his grace. And he said, this will be a stumbling block to these people. And this is a stumbling block to these people because Amen. the foolish things of God are greater than the wisdom of man. And okay. this is that on display, demonstrable. Amen. So you can accept this free gift. You don't have to jump through all the hoops. You don't have to go Amen. through all the initiation rites. You don't have to go through all the degree systems and follow the teacher's instructions and do heinous things that they can hold against you later to get there, to achieve gnosis or illumination or whatever they want to call it. You don't need that for your salvation. It's a free gift, a free gift. It's as simple as that. And you'd be a fool not to accept it in my view. Amen. Yeah. And it's the only way. It's the only right. way to salvation. These people deluded themselves thinking right. that they can save themselves. And uh, no, we need a savior. And the only savior is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and you're, I mean, you're right, Wayne. I mean, I, I can't, I couldn't sum it up better. And, and they think that they, they believe, I mean, that separates, you know, the only two quote unquote religions and the only real one is Bible believing Christianity that we're saved by God's grace through our faith. Let, you know, not of our works, so let no man shall boast. And, you know, the other way, is, you know, the other way which you can't save yourself, it's false, it's a delusion, it ends to destruction. Uh, you know, that path does, which is I don't need a savior. I can save myself and I can save myself by doing these things, which are either what I know, which is, which is gnosis. Usually it's a cold, you know, hidden knowledge that you've gained somehow where either by demons or 
uh, uh, you know, reading a, you know, sacred texts that men have written, um, you know, it's very complex belief systems, uh, or by your works, by what I can earn my way into heaven, okay? And both of those are false paths because the only way is by faith. And so that, you know, that's, once you look at it that way and realize that Christianity is different than all other religions on the face of the earth and has always been separate because it is the true religion of God, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's that, it's that alone. And it's, it's crazy as a former New Ager to realize that where I thought the inverse that all roads lead to God. That's simply not true. And they all contradict too. They, they all contradict in some form of fashion, but all of them contradict and all of them badmouth and all of them hate Bible believing Christianity. Absolutely. They they do. And that's the thing. You you hear an awful lot of vitriol from people out there over. Bible believing Christianity. They call it a book of fairy tales. There, would, would they call that? Would they call? Would they say that about the Quran to a Muslim? Would they dare make that no. statement with the book of fairy tales? That's yeah. the disrespect that they have in the modern era for Christianity at this point, and Very that's how shut down to the word their mind is. God has given them over to their strong delusion, and that's the sad state of affairs. But I think we can still reach a lot of these people. And I'm not talking, you know, that's not just people that are tied into the occult. That's like just mainstream culture right now has that kind of a stance and viewpoint. Right, uh, so so yes. it's, it's a sad state of affairs. But eventually what happens is at some point they do realize, hey, there's something more than just this place. And they begin delving down those roads. And that's how they find many of these false occult beliefs and belief systems and philosophies and things like that. Satan's got millions of funnels to funnel them in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, 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 the narrow path is really narrow. And the issue is, is not because it's complex to understand. It's narrow because it goes against people's carnal beliefs and wants, right. and they have to, you know, pick up your cross and follow Jesus Christ daily. And most people right. want to just give in to what they want it's and what they know lifestyle that's the thing it's yeah. not an easy lifestyle that's right and it's it, that's the whole point it's not an easy lifestyle but there's the most reward and hope at the very end much so lifestyle. very much so Wayne, can you tell everybody where to, where to where they can find you brother yeah man the alchemical tech revolution podcast is available anywhere you find podcasts now uh that's doing extremely well mostly on spotify and apple podcasts that's where most of my listeners come from uh also i have a channel over on rockfin that's r-o-k-f-i-n.com backslash wayne mccroy you can find my work over there as well and i have five books out currently i'm working on two more oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, i don't know how far out the timeline is on when those are going to be done uh, so just Google my name and you'll find my books as well. Uh, also, I'm over on Substack. I, I, I love Substack. It's growing. I'm subscribed. Fun. We're both subscribed to each other's Substacks, brother. That's, that's, You're on YouTube as well, right? What's that? You're on YouTube as well, right? Oh, yes. I'm also over on YouTube, Alchemical Tech yeah. Revolution channel on YouTube. Don't post an awful lot there because they, they like to censor me. That is true. Uh, yes, they do. <laughs> I would very much like to keep the channel because, sadly enough, it is the biggest platform out there. Yeah. So it's a way to get I, over where they could actually hear good information. 
but uh, yes, I have that. I have the alchemicalbeacon.substack.com as well. And uh, John, you and I will be speaking at an event in New York City. That's true, yes. September. Uh, this is going to be Free World NYC, September 9th. Tickets are on sale now. Uh, so that's that's going to be an exciting time. John and on Harold, Eventbrite. Yeah, on Eventbrite.com. Uh, I'm sure we'll put links down uh, below the show here. But we'll both be speaking. Guard Goldsmith will be speaking. Um, Don Tony, Jeffries, Charlie Robinson, Robinson Tony Atterburn. Yeah, Charlie Richard Robinson, Gage. Richard Gage, 9-11 Truth. Uh, so it should be a good time. So, uh, And hosted of like Billy Ray Valentine. Yep, and my presentation is going to be on the externalization of the hierarchy. So that's oh, going that's to be extremely be interesting, yes, and how it plays into uh, – current uh possibly uh in times that we are heading into uh so it's gonna be very interesting to preach to uh many people there uh might be one of the first times they hear this perspective uh with someone preaching the word instead of preaching a great awakening uh uh <laughs> false <laughs> uh you know uh belief system which is we're seeing uh have be decreasing today uh but definitely Thank you for uh, coming on. Is there anything you want to say in clothing, Jeremy, real quick? Yeah, I wanted to ask Wayne if uh, are any of your books on Kindle? Yes, they're all on Kindle. Awesome, awesome. Because I, I wanna, I wanna check them out myself, um, and I'm definitely gonna follow your podcast. I've been subscribed to your YouTube, but I'm gonna follow you on Spotify as well. That's appreciated, brother. Much appreciated. Yeah, oh, we yeah, need for sure. We need to be able to get the word out there, and oh, very much so. That's the uh, especially the couple of times since your censorship we've been having. It's been rough, and it's going to continue to get worse. Uh, that is for sure. I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. Um, but you know, for uh, Jeremy Stone, Jeremy Anderson, you too as well, brother. For me, everybody listening, uh, thank you for listening to By Their Fruits. We love you all. God bless you all. Um, take care, pray for us, keep us in prayer, um, and um, stay uh, close to the Lord and uh, in his word. Take care, everybody. Pray for God the bless. stones. Yes, very much so. Bye.